everybody, and welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner. So last week's episode was all about how to feel happier. So when I was thinking about the thought leader I really wanted to feature in this week's Coach's Corner, my friend, Arianne Alexander, popped into my mind because she is someone that radiates happiness. She has an amazing laugh, which you'll hear, an amazing smile, and really empowers people to rock their life. But here's the thing I know about Arianne. She doesn't wear the mask of happiness. We both have studied at the University of Santa Monica. She has her master's degree in spiritual psychology from there as well. And I know that she's been willing to go into the deep end, to not wear the mask of happiness, but to really feel authentic happiness. And often we get there by being willing to feel what isn't happy. So that's the conversation we're going to have. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about who Arian is, because she's an awesome, awesome, awesome rock your life coach. Like I said, she has a master's degree in spiritual psychology. She helps female entrepreneurs and businesswomen step into new possibilities so they can create a life and career they've always dreamed of. But don't worry, men, the information is for you as well. This isn't just a girl talk episode. She's also spent over 12 years as a high level fashion executive and walked away from that career to follow a heartfelt dream of succeeding in the entertainment industry. So she also works as an actor. You might have seen her on Justify, Grey's Anatomy, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. She's just really living the life. She's worked with women from all over the world, entrepreneurs, health and fitness experts, executive business women, to really help them overcome their fears and self-doubt and any other obstacles blocking their path. So she is another light worker that helps people get over it and on with it. So thank you so much, Arian, for being here today and for being willing to, to have this conversation with us. Oh, you are so welcome, Christine. It's awesome to be here. And anytime I can support people in being more happy and more expressive, I'm all for it. Awesome. So how do you define happiness? What's your definition? Oh, that's such a great question to start with. (laughs) Thank you. My definition of happiness is being able to be in my life with gratitude and seeing life through the lens uh, that life is good and life is joyful and life is for me. So that's how I define happiness in my world and that's really how I experience it too. Mm, I love that, that life is for me. Because one of the things I talked about in the episode is, you know, happiness is a state, right? And as humans, we have a variety of states and emotions. And really, to me, happiness isn't like this elation, I'm so happy, because it really is when we move into that acceptance and gratitude of of what is, instead of fighting against what's coming up in our life. Like, I feel like we can even be happy when we have an expectation hangover. You know, it's not that state of elation, but if we attach happiness with gratitude and life is for me, then it's easier to not kind of hit those low, low, low moments because when we fight against them, it just makes it worse, don't you think? Absolutely, and I love that you said happiness is a state because that's, I think, so important in this conversation around happiness is people will go, oh, well, you know, I... I I'm ha- I want to be happy, but but then this, you know, I don't have enough money, or I want to be happy, but I'm not in this relationship, and they're waiting for the happiness to be uh, as an expe- ex- expectation of this thing should happen, and then I'll be happy. When it's actually the opposite, it's choosing into the state of living in a place of happiness and choosing that and setting intention for it, so that even when there's an expectation ho- hangover, there can still be happiness within it. Because if I'm happy, if I'm choosing and setting the intention to be happy, then that means period. 
And yes, mm. I'm going to have disappointments and you know things that come up. But if I'm choosing to be happy, then it's there's no exceptions. It's just that's the game that I'm in. So how do we do that but not go into spiritual bypass? And just to define for people what spiritual bypass is, it's when you know something comes up and we just positive affirmation our way through it or just immediately jump to the blessing and we don't really feel and experience what's happening. <laughs> yes. I, I'm laughing because I'm like, it's so common and I want to do it sometimes too. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Me too. I've got lots of ways to do it. <laughs> so the, the key to... Uh, for me and what I do with my clients is when let's call it a disappointment happens. So when someone doesn't get the job, like one of my clients didn't get the job that she wanted to, to get. And so she was disappointed and she was, and of course she gets to be disappointed. That's fine. But the, the key to really staying in that state of happiness is to dive into the limiting beliefs around the experience. So when, as you call it, as someone's in an expectation hangover, is not to just be like, well, it's no big deal and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to move on. It's to really mind that experience for all we can because it's here to give us, it's here to give us a gift. It's here to give us something to learn from and grow from. And if I can take the experience, for instance, my client uh, not getting the job that she wanted and her disappointment, her sadness, and then she was mad at herself. And we just went down the layers into what she's actually making it mean about herself. So this is where limiting beliefs come into play, and the way out is the way through the limiting beliefs, is uncovering what we're making it mean about ourselves, what we're telling, about our, us, what we're telling ourselves about ourselves in the experience, what I'm judging about myself and others in the, in the experience itself. So it's, it's actually uncovering all those misinterpretations and, and expectations and judgments and limiting beliefs that are in the experience. And when we can work through those and really see what's happening in there and move into a place of forgiveness, then we can come back into that place of joy and happiness. But it's really, we, I feel we have to go through that process in order to come out the other side. I, I totally agree. So let's pick this apart a little bit. When people probably get that on a mental level, but they may be asking, okay, well, how do I find my limiting beliefs? Oh, I love that. Right. I know. That's so tricky. So one thing that I have uh, clients do and that I do with myself is do stem sentence exercises. So a great way to start, like you asked, the first question you asked me was, what's my definition of happiness? So that's a great place for someone to start is to do a stem sentence of my definition of happiness is dot, 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 and fill in the blank. And when I've done this with clients, Christine, it's fascinating because I'll have had them do it around success because most of the women that I work with are entrepreneurs and businesswomen. So everyone has their definition of success. So if you were to write down, my definition of success is dot, 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 fill in the blank. I mean, it's, it's fascinating what will come out of that. So most people will, I would, I don't want to say most people, but a lot of people will write, my definition of success is I have to be making $200,000 a year. I have to be in a great relationship. I have to be super fit. I have to be, you know, um, at the top of my game. I have to have all my social media accounts in order. Like it'll be all these crazy definitions of success that are external. And so that's where we, then we start unwinding out of the external into a definition of success that's actually internal that we could actually have manage and have control over. So I think the place for people to start a good place to start is with stem sentences of I'm um, the only way I can be happy is dot, dot, dot. Uh, and they'll find out what's happening within their psyche of around 
the issue, around the thing. So when anyone's upset or uh, not satisfied in life, just starting with a stem sentence is a great place to start. And they'll, their unconscious mind will, will put things on paper and they'll be shocked at what comes out. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's such good feedback. Um, so will you share a little bit, because I said in the intro about how you've been willing to go into the deep. And one of the things that comes up a lot on this show is, yes, working with the thoughts and working with the limiting beliefs, but also be willing to go to those not so happy feelings, those feelings of anger or sadness or grief and not to stew in them and not to be a victim of them, but to bring love and compassion to them. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about your journey through the deep end? Yes. Yes. I'm a perfect person that people go, oh, you're so happy. You're so confident. You're so radiant. You must have just always been this way. And I just laugh because I'm like, one would think from the outside, yeah. (laughs) I'm really good at smiling and laughing and and inside crying, you know, inside Mm. is like tearing me apart. So my my personal experience is I was in, I I had a high level career in the fashion business as a sales and marketing executive for 12 years for an awesome company. And I made lots of money and I had a great career and I could have been there forever. And on the flip side, I was miserable. And I was completely burnt out for seven of those 12 years, wanting to leave my career. But I thought, my thoughts were, I'll never make as much money. I can't, there's no way I can replace this income, even though I was miserable. So my journey was I went to the, the, program for spiritual psychology, got my master's degree, really worked through the internal things. And uh, after that program, I, within a year, I, I left my career and I walked away. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done is literally just saying, hi, big paychecks. Bye. I don't know how I'm going to be supported. I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't really have a plan in place. I just left. I'm not recommending everyone does that. It might not be the best idea, but it's, I just had to do it for myself. And what happened after that was it, it was the best times of my life and it was the worst times of my life because it plunged me into such a place of despair and not having a purpose. And, and I had savings and I thought, well, I'll live on my savings for, you know, I thought I had about five years of savings. Well, I ran through it in two years. So I basically in two years had zero dollars. I remember waking up in mornings and I would be in panic attacks. I would be my heart, palp- I would have heart palpitations and I would be bawling and I would be sweating and I didn't know what was happening and I was having panic attacks and I was freaking out. And I was so full of anxiety and stress because it was over money because I thought my thoughts were like, you know, it was all, I don't have any money and I, I don't know how I'm going to make money and all this, you know, internal challenge. It was awful. And, it, you know, in, and really honestly, it was moments like that. I remember telling my best friend at the time, I said, well, you know, sometimes I have those thoughts you know, like I'm sure everybody does of when I just think, you know, I'll just drive my car off the cliff and just end it all. Cause sometimes that comes in my mind. And she sat there in silence and she said, what? And I go, well, you know, you have thoughts like that too, right? Of just ending it all. And she goes, no, I don't. And I go, Oh, I go, is that not normal? And she's like, um, I don't think that's actually, you know, normal for most people. And I had gone my life really with that deep seated thought that "Hmm, maybe I'll just end it all. And I wouldn't do it, but it was just there. It was just there. It was just scary that that thought was even there. And that's kind of when I realized, ooh, I need to shift something. Something has to give. And that's not an easy thing to experience is that kind of despair, as I'm sure many people can attest to when they have something super challenging in life. And so my experience was I had to start 
rebuilding from the bottom up. And it was, it was a, it was a process of gratitude. And I remember I was committed because I was like, I have to shift this. I have to shift this. What am I going to do? And I just thought, and you know, my friends were like, just start with a process of gratitude. You know, five things every morning, every night, write them down what you're grateful for. So when I started my list of gratitude, this is what they were. I'm grateful for my hairbrush. I'm grateful for my pajamas. I'm grateful for my toothpaste. Like it was the tiniest things. I, could, I couldn't find, I mean, I had to just pick the tiniest things right in front of me for great, for, to be gratitude, grateful for, because I couldn't think bigger than that. I couldn't actually get into the full gratitude of life. So I had to start with my hairbrush, which looking back now, I'm like, yeah, I'm still grateful for my hairbrush, but it's definitely not the first thing I would list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great hairbrush, but I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, I just had to start from the bottom and go through that internal, you know, ickiness, awfulness, but I had to start somewhere to take me out of it. And it was through gratitude, those tiny steps of gratitude that took me into larger steps of gratitude. And then the other thing that shifted Christine that, that really a hundred percent shifted my life was I got into a point of view of service and how can I be of service in my life? And I once I really started asking the question, how can, you know, spirit, how can I be of service? God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, life, show me how I can use my gifts and talents to be of service. And I kept asking that question every night before I went to bed. I kept asking that question and nothing came and nothing came and nothing came and nothing came. And then 32 days, I did a 32-day process of asking that question every night. And on the 32nd day... I got nothing. And then finally I got a phone call from some random person in LA that was like, Oh, uh, you're a coach. Um, do you teach classes on how to create people's image? And I said, sure, I totally do that. Of course I do. (laughs) I do now. I do now. Exactly. And I went and taught this class. And it, that's what launched my coaching practice. And, mm. you know, fast forward many years later, it is you know completely different and awesome today. But it's that was my journey. I love that. I love that. And it's making me think too of even when I got um, the the sort of insight to write my first book. It wasn't something I just created. It was really something that came to me from being in the depths of despair and going, I surrender, uncle, like show me another way. And and also like in that, like we kind of hit, we have our dark nights of the soul. We hit those rock bottom moments. And what we discover is it's not necessarily about what we think it's about. It's dredging up like a lot of things to look at and deal with. But I found in my own work with myself and my work with thousands of people at this point that, you know, you you kind of don't have to go to the deep end like all the time. It, you know, life requires a couple deep dives to really, really look at stuff. But as you start to process it and as you start to get more comfortable with the perceived kind of dark emotions, you don't have to feel them as often or as long because you start to heal those issues that they're attached to. So I found in my own life, my time between my expectation hangovers, my disappointment, my sadness gets longer and the time I spend suffering in it gets a lot shorter. And so therefore I feel happy, grateful, loving even more. Is that your experience as well? Oh, yes. I completely agree with that. Of That's kind of been my barometer of, of, of growth is, uh, is, is 
how um, when something will come in today that's super challenging and it'll take me, you know, maybe I'll go down for a day or two and, and then I'll come out of it in a day or two. Whereas in the past, it would have taken me two months to get out of it. And so I agree where we, we I think, I, I always say none of us get a free ride. We've all got issues, you know, and, and there's always things that are going to happen in life. People we love are going to die. Things are going to happen unexpectedly. People are going to get ill. I mean, we just don't know. Life is full of these experiences that none of us get a free ride. And so knowing that, that we're, we definitely are all going to experience probably at some point, once or twice, like you said, a deep dive, a deep a deep kind of going within to inquire, to be with it, that seems so challenging at the time. It seems like it's never going to end. That's what it feels like when I was in it. I was like, this is never going to end. And working with clients, that's what they say. They're like, oh, it's just so awful. When is it going to end? And I'm like, just hold on. Like, it's going to, it will lift. It yes. always does. Yes. Right? It doesn't stay forever. It just feels like forever when you're in it. And you, But suppressing it makes it last longer. So you oh. might as well let it come up. <laughs> Yes, yes. Glossing over it, trying to get out of it, trying to make it different, it doesn't help it. It just makes it worse. Or it just comes back even fiercer. So, you know, it's always staying in it and, and, and getting in the emotions and crying. Oh, my gosh, just crying, you know, letting it out, letting the emotions out, writing it out. You know, I know you, you talk a lot about release writing, which I'm a huge fan of, too. Release writing it out, talking to a therapist, talking to a coach, talking to a friend. Whatever we have to do to stay in it, to get down to the core of the emotions and what's actually going on, and then coming out is is the process. And yes, it gets easier. It doesn't. They get shorter, and they don't happen as often. The more that we actually go in deep and do the work, then it is easier the next time. Yes, it so is. It so is. Um, and I find, and I wonder if you do too. I think the answer may be yes, that the things like I don't necessarily like look for things to make me happy anymore because before I really learned all this and started doing this work, there was a lot of like, I'll be happy when I'll be happy when if this happens, once I figure this out, then I'll be happy. So I projected my happiness on these external things. And everybody knows that happiness has to come from the inside. But until you actually start to feel it and experience it, it's just awareness. So I love what you said about service and getting in that service mindset, because then it's more about like, how can I be used? How can I be used? And in that, we start to find happiness in the littlest of things like just little things ignite that joy and that childlike curiosity and that playfulness inside of us. So I'd love to know, A, if that's something you experience, which I suspect it is, and how people can cultivate that more. So if people are listening or going, okay, like, yes, I'm willing to swim in the deep end. And I also want to find those little ways to, to feel happier. Service is one, gratitude is one, but what are some other ways? Uh, I, I, this is a great question because I'm always practicing this too. And because it is um, understanding that the happiness is created, that uh, if I wait for it to ha- if I wait for the thing to happen to make me happy, you know, if I wait for the man or I wait for the money or I wait for the body, forget it. Like I'm missing the journey of life. So how do I be happy in each moment while I'm in the journey of life? And for me, it's cultivating the moments throughout my day. Um, of, of how can I engage with life? And I think I'm really getting really good at this because for instance, and this, I encourage my clients to do this all the time because I feel like in our world, we can get very isolated 
and introverted as in the fact with all our cell phones and, and just, it, it, it's easy to walk around in life and kind of be isolated when you're at the grocery store or you're at Starbucks or at the restaurant or whatever. And, and what, with, the truth is there's life around us. There's people around us. There's people with, oh, everyone has a great story of life. Everyone has a great smile. You know, it's, it's all these ways to engage with life that I think we can kind of miss on a daily basis. And so what I do to create my own happiness each day is I find ways to engage with life. And what I mean by that is the perfect place for me to do it is at the grocery store or at the gym when there's lots of people. And I used to, I can be really shy. People don't think that about me, but I can be really shy and introverted at times. And I have to continually push myself to speak to people to engage with people, to ask people to compliment someone. I mean, that's how I can be of service, is I can give someone a compliment, and then I watch their face light up, and then we can actually start a cute little discussion. I'm not saying they're going to be my best friend, but it's like engaging with life in a way that is fun for me and can bring joy to another person for a brief moment, and then that that dials up my happiness barometer for the day. I love that. I love, <laughs> I love, and you're good at that. Whenever I yes. see you at the gym, you give me compliments um, or make me laugh, bring a smile to my face. So one thing that I, I love, I love giving compliments and I love giving compliments to other women. Like just walking up to women and being like, you look absolutely beautiful because one, it shocks that women aren't used to getting compliments from strange women, you know, like a stranger walking up to you. And two, it really helps heal that shadow side of the feminine of the comparison and jealousy and competition. And it brings us back to that sisterhood, which definitely ignites all that oxytocin and the happy feeling hormone. So I I love this takeaway. So everybody listening, if you can make it your intention to give at least three compliments a day, no, four, one to yourself, one acknowledgement to yourself, and then three compliments a day, then that, that will automatically start to lift your serotonin levels. And so for people that you know, maybe like, I don't know how to give compliments. Like, what do I say besides like somebody's outfit is cute? Erin, give us some compliment tips. Give us some interaction <laughs> tips. You're so good with people. Like, you're so good at it. So how, how, how can we get out of our way and be more playful? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yes. And I, I love your challenge to give four compliments, one to yourself, and that's the place to start, is to give ourselves a compliment. Oh my gosh, that's huge, that's huge. So I love that challenge for all of us to give at least four compliments a day. So compliments, okay, uh, well, I just start with the easy. Compliment people on their outfits is so easy because then it, it gives you something. And for men especially, like the, the thing is with men, it's, it's they, they pride themselves on their things, on their stuff kind of. I mean, it's just kind of a male thing. And so it's so it's great to compliment a man on his shoes. I, like guys will be at the gym and they'll have on plain white tennis shoes. And I'll be like, great shoes. And they'll start laughing. <laughs> because it's so, cause they're plain white shoes. And then, then it's funny. And so, <laughs> or their tattoos. Or like, I always say, nice ink. I like your artwork. And um, things like that. So for guys, it's kind of like whatever's, you know, nice specs, glasses, kind of about their stuff is kind of easier. And for women, it's, you I know, like that you clarified, stuff. like, the stuff that you're complimenting. That was very important. Yeah. Well, yeah, you get that, right? Of, yeah. of men. Yeah. And, and it's a little more intimate when we start saying, nice smile, nice eyes. It's right. a little more intimate. So right. with men, right. it's easier to keep it about stuff. Yep. And, um, and, oh, I know also when... When it's a man does something kind, oh my gosh, this is so huge. And, you know, when they 
hold the door for me and and I will I will say oh my gosh you are such a gentleman thank you so much and they just kind of puff up a little bit and I go and, and what this all is is it's a gift this is where the act this is an act of service mm. when I'm giving when you're giving a compliment to someone you're giving them a gift because like you said we don't walk it around in a society that says yeah like let's raise each other up and especially with women like it's more it's more Oh, let's be jealous and tear each other down. So we have to go the opposite route of being of service, of giving each other a gift. This is where we start being of service, is being of service to other people in our environment. I love that. I love so, that. Right? At the grocery store, it's this lady, I don't know, she was so little and cute. And I just said, you're just so little and cute. You're adorable. And she just kind of puffed up and was like, hey, thanks. <laughs> I love it. Well, and what you're also clarifying for us is being of service doesn't mean you have to like call a shelter and, and go volunteer, which is all beautiful things, yes. like beautiful things. But I think we sometimes romanticize what being of service means. Like we see these people starting nonprofits and taking these trips to Rwanda and whatever it may be. And again, that's all amazing. But you can do it in little ways throughout the day, making someone smile, helping someone feel seen, because that's what compliments really do. They help us feel seen. And that's what we all want. We all want to feel seen and be connected. And the more we see others, the more we see ourselves. So thank you for thank you for presencing this for us. Thank you for seeing me and for being a a light bearer and a happiness ambassador in the world and having the courage to do what you needed to do on the inside to feel authentic happiness on the outside and not put on the mask of happiness. Oh, thank you. I am so grateful to be here with you because of course I just know the work that you do is so powerful and I love listening to your podcast and I love you know all the, all the videos everything you create because you're such a champion of life and people and part of that is this place of being happy and I love that you called me a happiness ambassador so thanks <laughs> you are you are so I know everyone is falling in love with you so where can they I, I where can they get more of Arian Alexander Mm, they can get more of me in, uh, I'm all over social media. It's just my name, arianalexander.com. Uh, my, my website is arianalexander.com and it's A-R-R-I-A-N-E alexander.com. And I'm on all the social media sites, which I'm sure you'll list in the show notes. And, um, but I'm pretty, I'm mostly active. I would say on Facebook and now Snapchat, my new favorite thing, because it's the place to be happy. It's so fun there, right? It's, oh my uh, gosh. I'm having so, <laughs> I'm having so much fun. I resisted Snapchat for so long. It's Chris Hassler, everybody. My name's too long, but I'm having a blast on it. And I, I love watching you. It's, I feel like I watch a little TV show with you every day. <laughs> oh, good, good. That's the, that's the intention. And I also have something really cool for, if you're listening to the podcast, you can, you know, we've talked a little bit about limiting beliefs today and I have a, an awesome three-part video series. Actually, it's four videos. I couldn't get it done in three. I was so excited about it. So it's a four-part video series that's how to bust through your limiting beliefs. So this is a place where you can start. Is As Christine and I are talking, it's where, you know, you can start diving into those limiting beliefs to see what's actually happening. So that's at arianfreebie.com. It's A-R-R-I-A-N-E freebie f-r-e-e-b-i-e.com and they can just sign up there and they'll get the four videos and that's where they can start the process of diving into those limiting beliefs and coming out the other side awesome thank you 
Thank you for that act of service. And I just adore you. Thank you for bringing so much authentic happiness to the world and sharing that with all our listeners today, Arian. And I just want to acknowledge you not only for being a happiness ambassador, but just this bright light that really does light up every room she walks into. And that light comes so comes from the inside. It's so authentic. And whenever I see you, it ignites that in me. So thank you for providing that service in the world. Oh, you're so welcome, Christine. Thank you. 